Sounds good. Today's scriptures, Psalm 37. I'm going to start in verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. Talk about me here. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and kind, lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you for lifting us up and keeping us, for providing us in safety, Lord, and dwelling with us. Lord, for watching over us, helping us. Lord, many of us were young and now we're old, and we've seen what you have done through the years, and thank you and praise you for it, Lord. Pray that you will be with us today. Be with us in this short program for the pastor appreciation, but also, Lord, be with the pastor as he gives the word this morning and the music as we lift it up and make it be a sweet, savory sound to your ear, Lord. We ask all of these in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to have a short pastor appreciation service, if you want to call it a service. It's actually just a saying hi and thank you to our pastor. Not going to take much of your time because he wants to deliver the word this morning and we want to hear the word. But Jeannie, Jeannie Godin's going to come up and she's going to represent the kids. Good morning. So I was asked to speak on behalf of our youth department and I'm very honored to do so. And we are very thankful this morning for a pastor who supports our youth program here. Um, church has been very blessed we've we've seen our youth department grow by leaps and bounds we started with just one or two and you know we were blessed to see some Sundays we've had 10 some Sundays um, I, I, I think that's probably been about our record 10 um, some Sundays um, Miss Sandy and I we uh, feel our hair turning more and more gray you know I still try to color mine cover mine up um, you know but um we're just we're so blessed beyond measure and we thank you for what you do for us um he had a vision out there and you know we've all seen it and it's it's been a lot of fun and the kids have you know we have a lot of fun out there and, and it's all about just sharing god's love and and we appreciate that he shares that vision with us and um we, we love that, that he gets out there and, and he'll dress up and, and he'll play the part. <laughs> if you weren't at Fall Fest and you missed it, if you missed the pony rides, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was, um, we wish we had that picture to share with you. Um, we just said we didn't have quite time to get those little photos together for you. But um, if, if you missed VBS last year, we had the, the Toy Story theme. And he was um, dressed up as Woody every day for us. And so it was only fitting that uh, when we had our, our pony rides out here that he came and um, he just he went for it for the gusto and put on the Woody outfit again. And he uh, went in all his glory and 
he gave us a show and um and and you know it's, it's all about fun and and showing christ's love through fun and and we appreciate we just appreciate it so much and we love you and we thank you and from the bottom of our hearts one two three Stand up. One, two, three. Pastor Jonathan, thank you. All right, the kids are going to file back out and go to kids' church. So this time I'd like to ask Larry Wyatt to come up. Good morning. Isn't God good, right? So I have the distinct privilege uh, this is in representation of the music department um, we're, we're so blessed and uh, fortunate to have a pastor like him all is, is your hard work your commitment loyalty we, we have a lot of fun at our uh, Wednesday night practice sessions um, but you know every now and then God just drops into our music you know what I'm talking about, Mike. And <laughs> you can't beat it. Uh, the sincere. So it's a team, but you got to have a team leader. Um, it, he, he does so much behind the scenes that I think some people don't realize. But we're, we're so blessed to have you, Pastor. Um, we did have a... Does he need to come up here, please? <laughs> so on behalf of the music department... Um, got a card from everyone and uh you can go ahead and open this now this is uh on behalf of the music department as well it, it just lives up <laughs> it might be i'm kind of scared to open this up this could be this could be detrimental to my health Oh, look at there. Wow. Huh. Man, this is what I'm talking about. You guys are smart. So, so it's a matching, uh, it's a tie yes. set, cufflinks, and the uh, pocket. Handkerchief? Handkerchief, yes. Square. <laughs> I'll let y'all stay one more week. Y'all are good. I won't fire you this week. God bless. Yes. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, we love and appreciate oh, you. Oh, man, thank you so much. Yes, God bless you. Might as well just stay here for a minute. Jennifer. Well, I was asked on behalf of the ladies of the church to um, present him with some gifts. We just want to say thank you so much from the support that you give for everyone at the church, being the great shepherd that you are, having a vision um, to see the church grow and move Beyond where it was, we thank you. So, on behalf of the ladies, um, oh, this is another one I have to. Okay. Um, you can tell the ladies wrapped this one because it's taped it shut. So the men just put it in a box. They're like, yeah, just get it out, preacher. Yeah. Oh boy, you got. 
Oh, it must be because of my joy of Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, and the only thing that would make it more special is some Hallmark movies to go along with it. I appreciate that. I guess I should put this on my desk and start drinking my coffee out of this and taking pictures. Since Christmas music started in November and half of y'all already texted me and told me that it was on the radio station. Yeah, I understand. Oh, this one too. All right. Is this another? Oh, this one. Careful instructions. Turn item inside out. Washing machine cold, tumble dry. I guess they didn't think I could wash clothes. <laughs> this is how you get instructions. Oh, my God. All right. All right. All right. Touche. Touche. You got me. You got me. Next Sunday morning, I'll be dressed like this till Christmas time, so just know what you're going to get next week. Yes, with my, wow, um, that's impressive. I'm not going to lie. That's impressive. I'm a Hallmark Grinch. Uh, yes. Wow. Wow. I don't even know how to respond to that. It's actually poetically accurate, so I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what to say. Thank you so much. You want to stand here? You want to go ahead and sit down? No, I'll tell you what. Take this with you. All right. That's a little appreciation for the church as a body, and we really do appreciate it. Jeremiah 3.15, the Lord says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah comes back and says, As for me, I have not hastened or hurried away from being a pastor to follow thee. Neither have I desired the woeful day. Thou knowest that which came out of my lips was right before thee. And the Lord says, Woe be Unto the pastor that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. And in Ephesians 4 and 11, Paul states, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And the original Greek, that was a pastor teacher. Not only does he look over the flock, but he also teaches them and instructs them from the pulpit. So my job is to thank him from the body for everything that he has done for us. A leader is a person who stands up, gives direction, has a vision for the future, and I tell you, as a council member, when he comes into a council meeting, he has a vision and he's prepared. When he is talking to the band, he has a vision, he is prepared. When he's talking to the youth, he has a vision, he is prepared. You can't ask for a much better leader than that. I used to teach leadership, and I tell you what, he embodies it. And he is good at what he does, and he's good for this body. And we want to tell you, from the bottom of our heart, thank you. Thank you so much. One of the things I told them along, you may be seated just for a moment. Sure, you can make your way. Uh, we're getting ready. You can go ahead and come. Um, one of the things I told them a long time ago when we, they were talking about the idea of having pastor's appreciation, um, 
I told them that, you know, whether we got a singer or whether we got a, a guest speaker or whatever else, the one thing that uh, I wanted, and I had this conversation with someone on the phone this week, one thing I wanted more than anything else uh, was not for it to be solely just about um, what per se I do or what I don't do or what I have accomplished or not accomplished, etc. Um, it's a team effort. <clears throat> well, I'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes before the message. But uh, I told somebody this week, the biggest thing that could make any pastor's appreciation day special is uh, is to see somebody just fall in love with Jesus more than they did before. That's all that matters. I mean, you can, and I, and I will talk briefly about it in a few minutes, but I mean, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for, for the gifts. Don't get me wrong, but Nothing would be more special than someone to leave here today and say, I felt like I was at church today. Amen. I, I came and I got something from God today. That would, no matter how much money you put in a card or a gift you put in a, in a box, somebody being able to make heaven their final home or somebody being, you know, touched by the Lord or, or being filled by his spirit, that that makes the day. That's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. And so, um, you know, we're entering into a season of, of Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, we a lot of times around church times throughout the year you know obviously we preach series and things about thanksgiving but you know i i the next song we're about to sing um you know sometimes we think well we just in november we focus on thanksgiving and while that's 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 fine that's good but in reality every day should be about thing being thankful the lord gives us stuff every day it doesn't matter if it's july 2nd we should still be just as thankful as we are in november Amen. on july 2nd because god gave us another day to glorify and to uplift his name and so uh, we're going to worship the Lord. So I'm going to have you to stand this morning, and uh, if you don't mind, and let's worship the Lord together today, and uh, let's just spend some time with Him, and then we'll do all the formalities of being thankful and things like that in a few minutes uh, together. So let's worship the Lord with this song. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. We're singing Yeah. 
grateful today that you can serve the Lord. Amen, amen. Well, he keeps blessing me. Well, I'm all blessing me. Oh, he will open the door that I might see his blessing me. today, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. We worship you in this place this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, your name is great and greatly to be praised. And we know it's all because that you are faithful and you are good. And so we sing about your glory and your goodness today. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Yeah. 
It's amazing love that welcomes me. It's the kindness of mercy. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Oh, do you believe God is good today? God, you're so good. Oh, God, we know you are good today. God, you're so good. You're so good to me.
Oh, with your hands lifted all over the house, can you just tell the Lord for about 30 seconds how good he's been to you today? You're here today, so obviously he's been good to some of us. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the goodness of God that we feel here today. Lord, you bless us each and every day. You are good to us in the land of the living. Oh, we worship and magnify the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we worship your name. We worship your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus, we pray and ask these things. The people of God said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. While you're turning in your Bibles, let me just, uh, to the book, you can be turning to the book of Luke chapter 10. Uh, most of you here know who I am, uh, but uh, I was given specific instructions uh, by my uh, boss, uh, and I'll show you here in just a second who that is. Uh, but um, this week I had an individual who was with me. And I let them know that there was pastor's appreciation coming this week. And they said, oh, well, I can't be there. But uh, so I, they, they told me that, that I needed to make mention of them. So I want you to meet my pastoral staff team, if I can get this to work. My staff. Here's my staff. Um, this is the one that thinks he's the boss. The one in the middle right here that's got the big jacket on, that's the one that they say should be the boss because my name's on the sign. The one on this side over here is actually the boss, so don't get it wrong, okay? Thinks they're the boss, says they're the boss, is actually the boss, all right? So so that's how that goes. Um, between her and Miss Carol, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a blessed man. I'm good to go, uh, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm doing well uh, with that. Uh, also, uh, my, my illustrious uh, friend up there, uh, he is the one that came up with this idea. He was sick this weekend, so he thought it would be great for his father uh, to make sure that I introduced him as one of my staff members. He said, I work for you, Daddy. So uh, that's my associate pastor. Uh, he uh, he keeps me on my toes and tells me all the time what I did wrong. So um, he's a great staff member. He definitely tells me when I'm wrong. Uh, and so, um, but that being said, let me say to you, uh, thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I tried my best to get Brianna to come up here with me, but she uh, she said no. So um, so again, you see who the boss is. She's still sitting. I'm standing. So you see who the boss is. Uh, no, um, uh, I I pulled a, a quick one on her this morning. I said, Hey, brother Randy. She was on her way to church. I said, Hey, brother Randy. Uh, 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 asked me when I got to church this morning um, if if you would mind saying a few things uh, at at uh, during the service, and she quickly text back and said, I hope you're not serious or I won't be coming. Uh, so, so, um, so anyway, so I'm glad she's here, uh, since she thought about it differently. <laughs> no, um, but everything, um, the ties, um, they will come to good use. I'll tell you a funny story really quick about the ties. So this past week, some of you had the privilege of going with me, uh, for multiple nights to a community revival that was held in this community, um, uh, throughout this week. But on Thursday night, they always do, uh, when it, it's feasible, uh, a, a dinner for, for the community. 
So, obviously, on Sunday night, I'm in a suit and tie because I'm there. It's Monday, I'm in a suit and tie. I'm preaching. Tuesday, I'm in a suit and tie because I'm on the stage uh, uh, playing uh, the piano. And on Wednesday, I was in a suit and tie because I was the, focal, the purpose to lead uh, the focused prayer. So, Thursday night, I thought, well, I've wore suits three day, four days now in a row. I should take a day off and just let them sit in the closet for a while. So, I put on y'all kind of clothes, normal people clothes, you know, normal clothes. I walk in there, and some of you guys know we help support CLM, Change Lives Ministries here. We'll take up offerings throughout the year different times to help them. So I was sitting at a table with some of the other pastors, one pastor and a couple other people from their church. And CLM girls have been to our church before. They have, they have sat on these rows and been here before, and we've they've, they've been all the revivals. I didn't think I looked that different, but I heard this young lady walking by and said, hey, talking to one of the leaders of CLM. Who's the new guy sitting with the preachers at the table? I didn't know who she's talking about. I thought she just didn't recognize the people from the other church. So I didn't say nothing. I just kept eating. I go get back in line and get dessert. And I heard them at the table again. There he is. He's at the buffet line. He's at the line. And I knew I'm the only one standing in line. So I turn around. And she's like, hey, come here, sir. Come here. So I get closer. I'm probably from here to the back door. I get closer. And she goes, "Uh uh-oh. And I said, what's the matter? She said, nothing, nothing. She wouldn't say anything. I said, are you trying to figure out who the new guy is sitting at the preacher's table tonight? And she said, you heard us? I said, yeah, I did. She said, I didn't know you owned normal people clothes. I didn't know how to answer that one. I was kind of stunned. I said, excuse me? She said, I've only seen you in suits and ties. Like, you, you, can, you can wear, like, normal people clothes. Like, you look normal. So I guess when I dress up like this, I'm not normal. I'm not really sure what that one means. But um, they thought it was a, quite impressive that I own clothes besides suits and ties. So um, so I, I, uh, I uh, was flattered by that. But the ties, thank you. Uh, the mug, uh, I will drink. Uh, well, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I'm sure we can wear a lot of hot chocolate and stuff. Brianna will love it because she's all about Christmas. Uh, she's been trying to get me to be in Christmas spirit since, like, August. And... Um, she tells me I'm sometimes she tells me I'm Ebenezer Scrooge. I said I just want to get through Thanksgiving. Just let me get through the Turkey Day, and uh, and just get through it. But um, and my shirt, I, I just don't even have words. I, I don't even know what to say. You know, part of me would like to refute that claim, but that'd be a lie before I preach, and I can't do that. That's not good. I can't lie before I preach. That's not good. So, uh, what a what a more fitting. No, that's not a more fitting gift than that. That's just perfect. I think I'm never going to wash it. I'm going to wear it every day until Christmas I just, so people can see my true spirit sometimes. Well, at least to December. But uh, the cards that those have some have put out there, some are all over the church. Uh, thank you um, for those. <clears throat> also, let me just make mention quickly. <clears throat> I didn't know this was going to happen, but we have quite a few special guests that I didn't even expect to be here uh, today. Um, the first is uh, actually my cousin, uh, his Chad and his his uh, his kids. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's my uncle Larry and my aunt Dot's uh, uh, youngest. I guess be the youngest son. I'm not getting it right here. Jody would be the oldest. Chad be the youngest of them. But I'm still the baby. Don't let them fool you. They way older than me. So that's why he got the same haircut brother Ray got. They don't have enough hair to keep up there. You just take it all off. It's just simple that way. And um, and uh, I'm, I'm still holding on to what little bit I got. It might be great, but thank God it ain't turned loose, so I'm holding on to it. But uh, 
but anyway, uh, he he slipped in. I didn't know he would be here today. Uh, his dad pastors uh, church um, about an hour and a half, I guess, or two hours away from here, um, <clears throat> and a small church. And so, um, but it's so good to have you and your boys with us today. Uh, can we give him a, a Santee Circle welcome? Thank you for being here. Also, um, it swells my heart. Every week, I always try to do on Thursdays the same routine. I'm a creature of habit. Uh, I come to the office for a little while in the morning, and then at 1130 to 11.45, ish, somewhere in that window, I'm at Pruitt Health in Monk's Corner with Sister Faye Huff and stay there until a little after 12, 12.15, sometimes 12.30. depends on how she's feeling that day, how she's talking, and how quickly she wants us to leave. It just depends on how she's feeling that day. And about that time, I will, about every Thursday, leave there, drive to Goose Creek, go through the Goose Creek Chick-fil-A line, and try to be at 105 Farm Road by 1 o'clock or shortly thereafter. Uh, normally on those Thursdays, unless there's doctor's appointments or whatever, I always find uh, a, a welcoming home uh, normally that's hosted by uh, Sister Laura May Skipper and normally her daughter Bonnie that has been battling cancer uh, is normally there and then either uh, Miss Laura May's other daughter, Sister Glenda or Miss Pat is there or sometimes both if they're feeling froggy that day. They'll both be there. Well, this morning... Uh, I uh, didn't notice it until we really didn't notice it much until I started playing and kind of surveyed the audience to see who was out because you know how I am. I start calculating about the first hymn, how many of y'all didn't come to church so I can check check up on you this week. But uh, I looked in the back and I was like, somebody's sitting in Brother Stan and Miss Brenda's seat. Who's those people? And uh, when I kind of re- refocused my eyes, um, uh, I saw that it was Sister Laura May and Bonnie and Miss Pat and Miss Glenda and Mr. Mike. And uh, thank you. Uh, what a what an incredible gift! Um, I've often said that would be the greatest gift uh, of people coming to church, and um, thank you. Um, that's all I'm going to say because I don't like crying. I only cry for two things: uh, one, when Mufasa dies in Lion King, and when I watch a Hallmark movie. So that's the only two times I cry. So, uh, um, and I'll let you know which one is because my heart is hurting, and which one is because I'm miserable. I'll let you figure out which one's which. But that being said. I won't keep you long this morning. I, I do want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning because I said to the body, I said to uh, Brother Randy, and let me say uh, this morning to Brother Randy and Sister Jennifer, uh, thank you for your countless hours. You don't know how challenging <laughs> this has been to pull off. We've called three or four preachers. We've called singers. We've called a bunch of people. And they said no. I don't know if they just don't like me or what. They just said no. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they had other issues uh, going on. No, 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 it was a, that's a joke. But they, uh, so I finally got to the point. Finally, Brother Randy came by and said, what are you going to do? I said, I'll preach it myself. I know I'll be there. I'll just do it myself. I mean, you know, at least I'll be there. And my, one of my favorite church members here, not that not all of you are, but one of my favorites is not here today, Sister Barnes. She's not with me today. She's taking care of her brother. But when I called her this week, she said, well, Pastor, who's preaching this week for your Pastor appreciation? I said, I am. She said, that's the best decision you've ever made. So I don't know, but uh, I appreciate her her vote of confidence. And we're praying for her as well. And uh, when we get ready to pray here in a minute, I want to pray for her brother uh, who is battling uh, a very terminal illness. Uh, brother Barnes' sister who's not doing well. But Brother Barnes specifically asked this morning for special prayer for him. And at the end of service, we'll certainly do that uh, corporately. But when we pray over the word, I want us to make sure we remember she wanted to be here so bad, but someone can't can't leave him by himself right now. With that being said, 
All right. Uh, if you stand for the word of the Lord, those watching online, thank you. Don't forget online. You can always download our church app. You can follow us at SantiCircleCOG.org, the podcast subscription. If you want to give, you can always give multiple ways, in-house, online, uh, all that kind of stuff. Don't forget we're in this series called The Table. I forgot. Let me make mention of this. Don't forget that Sunday uh, – that our midweek service of the week of Thanksgiving's moved up. It will not be a Wednesday night service. It will be a Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to do like a communion and a Thanksgiving-themed service. It's going to be a really special time. Invite your friends, your family, bring your kids. It's open to everybody. We'll have enough to entertain you all. We're just going to do it about 7 to 8 just real quick. We're just going to spend some time giving God thanks. It's going to be a really special service. You're going to really enjoy it. It's going to be a little bit different than we normally do, uh, but you'll enjoy it. So let's jump into the Word today. Because uh, I know what everybody's thinking right now. What time is lunch? So I'm, I want to get you out of here. Now it came to pass, as they, this is talking about Jesus and his disciples, they were headed to a certain village. And there was a woman there by the name of Martha that received him into her house. And when you look at another translation or, or another parts of the Bible, uh, this certain village is a, is a city called Bethany. Uh, Mary and Martha live in a city called Bethany. Uh, house of the hunt, if you will, or the hunted, house of the hunted. So they're headed to Bethany, and a certain woman there, my name Martha, she opened up her house. She had a sister called Mary, which sat at the feet of Jesus and was listening to her word. But Martha was cumbered about much, saying, and came to Jesus, saying, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work alone? Will you tell her to get up and help me? You know, some people want Jesus to aid and abet them in their frustrations. Some people pray prayers like that. Well, God, will you just tell them? God, will you just do this? Because they want God to condone their feelings. They want God to condone their behavior. Notice what Jesus says. He said to her, Martha, Martha, you are, are careful and troubled about many things. What he's saying is, you worry too much, Martha. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I mean, I wonder how many people this morning could, could attest that sometimes you just worry too much. You shouldn't worry as much as you do. You just worry too much. But one thing is needed, Martha. Mary has chosen that. Well, what was that thing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that will not be taken away from her. What Jesus is really saying is the macaroni and cheese can burn and wait. That's not what's most important. It's being in my presence is the most important thing you'll ever do. Now, I know I'm not going to keep you here all day to miss lunch, but I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes I do think it would do good at times for people not to be so worried when they go to church about how quickly they got to go home to get the pot roast out of the oven, and they just spend time with Jesus for a little while. They just said, you know what, nothing else matters today but you, Jesus. Hey, God, if we're done by 12 o'clock, praise God. But God, if it's 12:15, you know, if that's how long I have to wait, I'll wait because I need you more than I need macaroni and cheese. And black-eyed peas, I need you. Now, I'm not going to call anybody out in here. I had an old pastor friend of mine one time said, there's some people in church that look like they could use a little bit more fasting in their life. And I'll let you know what that means. He said, a couple of them wouldn't hurt to miss a meal or two for Jesus. I'm not that brassy to say it quite like he does. But I do think that there are sometimes we're so, like Martha, we're cumbered about many things that we forget what is the most important thing, and that is being with the Lord. Sitting in the Lord. So this morning, for a few minutes, I want to preach to you this subject. Please set the table. Please set the table. Father, may you add the blessing to the reading of your word. Let us not only be hearers, but doers thereof. 
in Christ's holy and precious name. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's my preface to this message. Understanding the bi- biographical and background information here, we know that Mary and Martha live in a city called Bethany or the house of the hunt or house of the hunted. We also know that according to Luke's account, that more than likely Martha owned this home. See, in that particular culture, a lot of times, you know, the husbands, uh, had, their name was on the titles, the deeds, if you will, of the house and the homes. But we, we believe that most, of the, the most scholars believe Martha must have owned the home because her siblings, as the older sibling, it was her responsibility to take care of her family. And the Bible tells us in other accounts that Mary and Lazarus both lived with her. In fact, every time you find Jesus going to Bethany, he goes to the home of Martha to eat with Lazarus and Mary. When Lazarus dies, it is in the city or the town of Bethany. And so a lot of scholars believe that this is Jesus, uh, this is Martha's home. So Martha is the one paying the mortgage payment, if you will. She pays the light bill. She pays the electric bill. She, she pays the water and sewer bill. So, so if anybody in the house has a right to kind of, if you will, speak her case, it probably should be Martha because she's the one that is basically running a, a bed and breakfast for the impoverished of the society of the day. And she's taken on probably more than she wanted to, whether she'd ever been married before, we don't know. But she's taken in brothers and sisters. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of y'all know good and well you ain't bringing your brother and sister home to live with y'all. Y'all know that. Sister Barnes told me this week when I talked to her, she was talking to me about her baby brother and who she's got living with her in the home, and she didn't even know the message today. And I was just thinking about that Martha spirit where it's like, you know what, you're down and out and you need somewhere to go, just come in, move in my house, and I'll take care of you. And some people, that's their heart, and, and they would do that. And other people, they're ready to f- find a host home, they're ready to find a nursing home, they're ready to find some kind of hospice house because they don't want to be cumbered by the effects, if you will, or be cumbered by dealing with the stressors of being a caregiver. They don't want to do it. Martha is at the house, and she knows Jesus is coming for dinner. She knows she's been preparing all day. She's been cooking her baked ham and her turkey and dressing, and she's got the cranberry sauce already set out, and she's got the macaroni and cheese in the crock pot going, and she's finishing up her little bit, last bit of, of, of pumpkin pie or sweet potato souffle, and she's making sure it's all set appropriately, and she's trying to make sure everything's right. And the only thing she asked before Jesus came is, Hey, Mary, before he comes, can you go in there and set the table? Can you make sure the knives are put in the right place and the forks? And, the, and can you make sure the cups are on there? Can you put ice in the cups? And she goes through the, her little checklist of things. It, it reminded me very quickly, I... I I uh, hope I don't get in trouble, but it reminds me a lot of Brianna's mom. Every time we have a dinner or anything in the house, her mom is so meticulous about everything, and it's wonderful, but her mom has this checklist, and she goes through it religiously. She's, she's, she's funny about how she wants her kitchen clean and everything else, and when we have Thanksgiving dinners and things like that, she has it set up a certain way. She has it where she wants certain things to go. I mean, she's very organized, and that's great when you're having a lot of people. That's wonderful, and that's Martha. Martha's got a lot of organization going on. She's got to think, well, Jesus shows up, 
And in that particular culture, it was the men's responsibility to take take the, the guest, if you will, almost into an old-timey, you know, we back in the day, some of y'all would probably call it the drawing room. But basically, you were supposed to take the guest of honor into a part of the house, and, and you would have the men of the house basically entertain them. They'd sit around and talk with them and just till the ladies got the, the, the dinner ready to be served. But it was not kosher in that particular society for the ladies to be sitting with the men in the drawing room. You know, the old days where the men go to the drawing room and light their pipes and drink their, you know, whatever drinks they had. And it was the men's room and it was like the man cave and you dare not enter to come into the man cave. Some of y'all got that, but it's in your garage or basement because your wife won't let you have it in the house. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all is probably somebody else's house because your wife still won't let you have one in the house. But, but it's a man cave. It's where you go hang out and you do your thing. And it wasn't really a societal thing that you would let the ladies come into that. It wasn't that kind of situation. The culture was the ladies would be helping get the table set. Well, Martha's pulling out the macaroni and cheese. She's pulling out the baked potatoes. She's pulling out all of the stuff. And she turns around to look, and there's nothing on the table. And she begins to think, well, what happened to Mary? So she sets this boiling casserole dish down on the table and walks into the drawing room where the guys are at thinking she's going to walk in there and ask has anybody seen Mary except when she opens up the doors to her amazement and almost to to a, a, a level of of, 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 of of sure shock she sees Mary's in the room with the men now some scholars have tried to argue that this particular Mary may have also been the woman that, that anointed Jesus with the alabaster box and could have been the same one who uh, had a, a reputation, if you will, in town with men. We don't know that for certain, but there are some scholars who believe that could have happened. But either way, we know that Martha is not happy at what she finds in her house. And instead of directing her frustrations to Mary, she directs her frustrations to Jesus. Now, if I could take about 30 seconds and just pause here for a moment, let me help you understand. Martha actually taught us a very valuable lesson in that moment. Because what Martha actually taught us in that moment is there are some times in life we need to quit directing and deflecting our frustrations on one another and make sure we take it all to Jesus first before we talk to each other. Because if we're not careful, sometimes in our lives, if we start, I'm frustrated with Brother Randy, if I go to him directly sometimes before I pray about it, I might say something I'll regret. I might lash out with the tonality I didn't mean. But I promise you, and I promise every one of you this morning, that I have come to find out and come to the realization that 99.9% .9 of the time, if you take it to the Lord in prayer first, by the time you get to them, your perspective is different, your outlook is different, and even though you might still be frustrated, you might still have your feelings hurt you might still feel like that maybe that you still are vindicated and, and valid in your feelings but you won't be quite as emotionally charged because you've taken it to God first before you took it to one another and Martha says to Jesus Jesus I've been in this kitchen slaving all day I only ask for one thing I asked for Mary to please set the table. That's all I asked. Notice what it says. She says to Jesus, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her to come help me. Help me. 
Could she at least come and put ice in the glass? Could she at least grab some napkins? Could she at least just get the macaroni and cheese out of the crock pot and put it on the table? Can she do something besides just sitting here wasting her time? Now, before we judge Martha because of her harshness of tone and her feeling, be careful. Be careful. Because how many of us in our lifetimes and at different times in our lives have gotten frustrated about things and felt like we were right and vindicated in how we felt as well? There are always, I tell people, three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side, and there's what actually happened. Sometimes your side might be what actually happened, so they match. Sometimes my side might be what actually happened. Sometimes you might only tell part of what actually happened, and I might only tell part of what actually happened, but when we actually figure out what all happened, somebody got left out. There's always three sides, yours, mine, and what really happened. Martha says, Jesus, can she help me? We talked last week about a table of preparation, but today I want to talk to you for a moment about a table of provision. See, Martha's spreading a feast, if you will, before her guest of honor. We talked about the shepherd last week, and, and, and the shepherd would, would, with the sheep, he would take them out in the pastures. He would go before the, right after the, the, the first uh, of spring would start. The snow may not have even have been melted from the, 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 the light of, of spring yet. But he would go out and he would start looking at the landscape to see where the fresh vegetation was and the watering holes. Because he knew sheep were inherently dumb creatures. And he knew that sometimes he'd have to hook them or he'd have to keep them safe. He'd have to do, because they just kind of wander if they're not. And he wanted them to be safe. So he had to find a safe place for them to find rest and nourishment. He'd want them to be protected. He'd want them to not have any issues. He'd want them to have plenty of food, water, shelter. You see, Philippians 4.19 says it like this. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Which tells me God's got plenty of provision in the storehouses of heaven. In fact, the Bible says my, the God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says, what do you take thought of what to eat or drink or what to wear? Because if the Lord takes thoughts of the birds of the air and he clothes the grass with dew each morning, how much more will he take thought of his own children? And, and, and the Bible gives us plenty of examples of how God is always wanting to provide for his children. But Martha's dilemma is this. It's all great and good, Jesus, that Mary wants to sit at your feet. But nothing's getting done when she's sitting at your feet. You see, I don't want anybody to judge this morning. But what Martha's really saying is, the green beans aren't going to cook themselves, Jesus. The macaroni and cheese is not going to fix itself, Jesus. The cornbread dressing's not going to... Bake itself, Jesus. So while it's all great, y'all are all sitting in the drawing room drinking coffee and sharing war stories about how life is great and all you've accomplished in your life, y'all going to be hungry if somebody don't come help me in this kitchen. Hello? You notice nobody else is jumping up saying, hey, I'll help you, Martha. 
Now this is where all the ladies are going to be think that I'm the greatest preacher in all the world. I know it's past appreciation day, so I might as well go ahead and find favor somewhere. You notice ain't none of the men got up and said they'd help. Thank you. I knew somebody would be out there hearing the word of the Lord today. None of them got up. Nobody said, I'll wash the dishes. I was, I was here last, yesterday for a wedding. And uh, they, were, they were finishing up. And they were done. They had already put everything back together. And uh, I was just finishing up cleaning. And this little old, nice little old lady, I don't even know who really who she was. She came up behind me. I was vacuuming the last little bit. She put her hand on my shoulder. It kind of startled me at first. I thought she was going to say thank you, and she said, are you single? <laughs> I said, uh, not exactly. I mean, she's like probably 50 years my young, you know, 50 years to my age, you know, plus 50. And uh, I said, no, ma'am, not exactly why. She said, oof, I'd have met you before I'd have met my husband. She said, because he sure don't clean like you clean. And she said, she said, you up here vacuuming? She said, I wish he'd just put his shoes away, but you vacuum a floor. She says, if something happens to him, you available? I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. But the point to be made is nobody else volunteered to help that day. They expected Martha to keep carrying the load while they sat down doing their day-to-day activities. I want to tell you this morning or this afternoon that before we get too caught up in the moment and and we're going to just here in just a second I'm going to segue to Mary here for a moment but I want you to kind of see Martha's dilemma here because a lot of times a lot of us are Martha we're cumbered by a lot of stuff we're worried I'm not talking about cooking macaroni and cheese and 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 turkey and dressing that's not what I'm talking about but many of us in the day and hour we're living in there's a lot of us walking around this earth right now that we're worried about a lot of stuff we're worried about what's going to happen with COVID. We're worried what's going to happen with jobs. We're worried what's going to happen with our kids. We're worried what's going to happen with the church. We're worried what's going to happen with the economy. We're worried what's going to happen with groceries. We're worried about the gas prices. We are worried about a lot of things. We are cumbered. We are stressed out about stuff. And sometimes that stress out will lead us to a point of a breaking point. We just can't take it anymore. We're done. I just can't take this anymore. And Martha reached her breaking point. What Mary did was not inherently wrong. But it didn't make Martha feel any better when she felt like she was all alone. See, what Mary did wasn't wrong at all. We should, and we'll talk in just a second, we should want to be at the feet of Jesus. But you've got to understand, while being at the feet of Jesus, you also cannot re- neglect the responsibility that you already were supposed to be doing before you came to the feet of Jesus. If Mary would have had the table set before Jesus got there, maybe it wouldn't have been such a big deal. But the fact that somehow there was a dropping of the ball, a miscommunication, if you will, can I tell you, we can't expect just to come on Sunday morning and sit at the feet of Jesus when we haven't been preparing all week long to sit at his feet that Sunday. And you can't come to church on Sunday and expect that the preacher's just going to give you golden nuggets of truth and the singers are going to sing you happy and give you the joy, joy, joy down in your heart when you haven't even talked to the God of joy all week long. When you've never read the words of God all week long. It's kind of hard to be provided for when you've never actually prepared yourself for the meal. You see, one of the things I learned a long time ago, in order to eat, you got to be hungry. It's a pretty simple, it's a biological kind of situation here. It's real simple. You're hungry, you eat. That's just how that works. 
they tell you, though, when you're not hungry, don't eat. Don't just eat, just eat. You eat when you're hungry because if you're not, your condition will make your stomach expand, and that's how you start gaining weight. So if you're not hungry, just don't, don't eat, just eat. And the reality of it is that's how some people are. They've lost their appetite for God's Word. They've lost their appetite for prayer. They've lost their appetite for church. Hello, preacher. They've lost their appetite to sing. They've lost their appetite to, to pray together in corporate unity. They've lost their appetite to teach a class. They've lost their appetite. Why? Because they're not even hungry anymore. You know why? Because they've divorced. One of the things I learned having a five-year-old, if you give them enough sweets, they don't want to eat their meal. The problem is the devil is giving a lot of delicacies to the world and it's making them not hungry for the things of God. They don't want the meat and potatoes of God's Word because the devil's giving them sweet potato pies and honey bun cake and, and banana pudding. The devil's making sin feel good. The devil's making it taste good. The devil's making it look good. And what happens is they're full with all the filth in this world that they're not hungry for what thus saith the Word of They don't want the bread. They don't want the manna. They don't want the potatoes. They don't want the meat of God's Word because that's the good stuff. That's what makes me spiritually nourished. That's what's going to keep me a healthy body of believers. But I don't want that. I want all the frills and thrills of sin. But there is pleasure in sin for a season. But I'm telling you, it's only for a season. Eventually, just like if you eat all this bad food, you'll get diabetes and you'll get congestive heart failure and you'll get high blood pressure if you don't eat the right things. It's the same way spiritually. If you feast on all the sinful things of this world, eventually your spirit man will rot and decay from the inside out and it doesn't matter how much provision the Lord spreads you won't want to eat because you have fed yourself up with everything in the world and it will not make you hungry anymore for the things of God and Martha says I need help I don't have help and Jesus says Martha you're worried too much Mary chose the right thing Jesus never said, Martha, I, I think you're wrong. He never said to Martha, Martha, get over yourself. You're just being a baby. No. He said, Martha, you're worrying too much. What Jesus was actually saying is, I, I can understand and appreciate your feeling, Martha. But just because I understand and appreciate your feeling doesn't mean that, that there's not something even greater that needs to happen than the macaroni and cheese at this moment. See, sometimes the Lord will acknowledge how we feel, but that doesn't mean he's going to change his mind on what he needs to do. See, what some people want, they want God to not only acknowledge how they feel, but they want God to vindicate and agree with them in how they feel. And sometimes God doesn't do that because God is not going to change for man. Because some people want God to bless their sin so they don't have to be accountable, but God can't do that. Some people want God to bail them out of sin. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And while he forgives you, there's still consequences. You go out and you get drunk and you hit somebody and you they get fatally killed or they you die or, or they end up, you know, incapacitated in some capacity. Maybe they live, but they paralyze or whatever and you get charged. You can pray all day long to God for forgiveness. He will forgive you. That doesn't mean he won't make you not go to jail. Just because you ask for forgiveness don't get you out of jail. You still are accountable for your decision. See, what I've learned a long time ago is provision is multifaceted. See, 
Most people like the dessert table. They all like to go to that table first. They like pound cakes. They like the brownies, the blondies. They like, I heard someone say chocolate cake. Somebody's already feeling it right now in the Lord. Hallelujah. Pecan pies, banana pudding. They like that. But very rarely, especially kids, very rarely do you ever see when you let them go by themselves, you very rarely see a kid walk up and go get broccoli off the buffet table. Or green bean casserole. Or carrots. Now, while that sounds, it is good. While that's good, you know why? Because their desired taste is that. Because they like that better than what they need and it's healthy for them. See, God sometimes will spread a table before us, as I talked about last week in the presence of our enemies. He'll have, there are, there's, the Bible says it's sweet. There are times in our journey with the Lord that it's sweet. We sing a song around here, it's sweeter as the day goes by. Sometimes it is a good thing. It is a sweet experience. And sometimes God will give us the sweetness, the grapes, the fatness of the land. But sometimes God needs us to eat our vegetables too. And sometimes we don't like vegetables, but they're needed. I always equate preaching like services like this or sermons like I preached at the revival. A lot of times I equate them as vegetables. People don't want to hear them. They don't really like them, but sometimes they need them. They just need them. They don't have to like them. I, you know, sometimes you just don't like Brussels sprouts, but just suck them down and get over it. You know, just got to eat them. Just got to eat them. Or your broccoli or whatever. You know, but the point is, whatever your, whatever your vegetable is, sometimes you just got to eat it. You can't just live off of chicken fingers and fries forever. It'll, get you, it'll mess you up. Eventually, after a while, you eat that a lot. A lot of time, after a while, one day, you get about 50. You'll be like, oh, God, I shouldn't have ate that many chicken fingers and fries because your hips will tell you that and your doctor will tell you that. And it will be bad because not only will your hips tell you that, but the 16 different medications you're on, he's going to be like, well, it's a lot to do with a lot of the sodium intake that you took. And like, well, what did you eat as a kid? Chicken fingers and fries. That's the problem right there. You know, it's, it happens all the time. Provisions. See, what, I, what I've come to know and understand is that a table of provision often comes with a price tag. You can't provide food without some kind of expense. Now, you can say, well, Pastor, yeah, I can. I can grow it in the garden. You still had to buy the seed, put in the ground. You had to have the gas to use the tiller and the tractor to go excavate the land and unsettle the soil. So that still costs fuel to make it work. And if you say, well, no, Pastor, I use a mule and a you know, I just hitch up, the, you know, the stuff to the mule. That's great. You had to buy the mule. Well, no, it was born. Well, then you had to buy the mama of the mule. But it's somewhere along life's way, it's going to cost something. Whether it costs time, energy, fuel, whether it costs the price of seeds. To have a spreaded table before you with all the trimmings and fixings cost somebody something to provide that meal. When we had the community, uh, Miss Carrie, you can make your way. When we, we had that community um, dinner, each church was provided uh, the turkey and, and a dressing, and then everybody brought a side. But everybody had to bring something to the table. The whole point of the community revival or the community dinner was that everybody brought something to the table. It was going to cost everybody something, whether it was a pound cake, whether it was a tray from Walmart that they bought, whatever, but everybody brought something to the table so that there was enough for everybody. See, what happened is 
Hebrews says, Jesus suffered when tempted so that he is able to help those when they are tempted. Here's the reality of it. God wants to provide a table, but we still have a level of responsibility to come sit at the table and eat. But I want you to hear me as I get ready to close with this. I said to you that with the community dinner, we brought stuff. We had to bring stuff. It, it's provision of a table of food or whatever is not free. It costs something. We all had to bring something to the table. It's the same way spiritually. Over 2,000 years ago, God went ahead and laid the best down to start the process of spreading the table. He sacrificed the lamb of God on Calvary's cross a sacrificial offering to die and to be humiliated before God and man but what he was doing was giving his very best it cost God something to provide a table of repentance it cost God's own son to provide a table of forgiveness it cost God's own son's life to provide a table of restitution and reconciliation. And it cost God's son his life to be able to provide the splendors of heaven for all of us to one day go to. It cost God's son his life for us to be able to kneel at an old-fashioned altar and just by simply saying, God, I screwed up and I messed up, to be forgiven instantaneously of whatever we've done. It cost God something. His best. His best. But I said to you at that community dinner, the churches provided the turkey and dressing. God provided the meat, if you will, the bread of life, the meat, God's word. Jesus said, I am the word made flesh. God provided the best. But just like that community dinner, the rest of the community had to bring something to offer to the table. They had to bring a pie or a dessert or, a, or a, a side dish because if not, you know, all they'd have got turkey and dressing and nothing else. That'd have been a crappy dinner. You got no gravy. You got no gravy to go on top of the, to the top of the dressing. You got no rice. You got no soup. If nobody else had brought anything, you'd have just had turkey and dressing and a lot of it. And that'd have got old fast. But everybody else coming had to bring something to offer the table. But you know what? They've not only brought something to the table, but by bringing it to the table, you know what they did? They also had something available for other people to be provided for as well. So what do you mean, preacher? Well, when we come into church on Sundays and Wednesdays, we have to bring something to the table of God. We've got to bring our hearts. We've got to bring our time. We've got to bring throughout our week our talents, our abilities. We've got to give God our best. We've got to give Him our best in our worship. We've got to give Him his, the praise and the glory that's due His name. We've got to give God our time in reading His Word, our time in fasting, our time in prayer. We've got to bring something to the table to God. And what you don't realize is this. When you bring your praise, and your worship, you bring it on Sunday morning into this house or Sunday night. Or when you bring it and you lay it at this table, not this specific table, but in, uh, as a representation. When you bring it and you lay it on the altar and you worship God and you pray and people can tell you've been with God that week. And you seek the face of God, you know what ends up happening? It encourages other people around you in their faith and you've provided something for them as well because that's why the Bible says in Hebrews don't forsake the assemblings in the, as, uh, together as in the manner of some but come together in exhortation to lift one another up 
The whole purpose of that was to us. So when our Brother Randy's praying, I hear him praying and realize, man, he's, been, he's talked to God this week. And it encourages my faith. So then I stand there and I say, God, I want to pray like that, man. I want to have a relationship with you like that, man. I want to be able to hear your voice like he heard. And then what well, you know it's going to make me do? Make me start seeking the face of God. Oh, when I hear Sister Jennifer or Sister Sherry start singing and they start lifting up, or Sister Riley, and they start lifting up their hands and tears streaming down their face and they're worshiping. I may not be on praise team that Sunday, but I want to stand there and go, God, I want to feel what they feel. And when I see the tears streaming down, I can stand up with my hands lifted up and say, God, if they can praise you, so can I. If they can lift up your name, so can I. If they can worship you and what all they're going through, so can I. Why? Because their faith and what they poured in, what they offered, what they put on the table is now provided for you and me. That's why we have to come together, worship together, pray together, fast together, sing together, listen to God's word together because we got to have one another to make it to the end. Because when you bring it to the table, and I bring it to the table, and if we all bring it to the table, there'll be a table of provision that we all can one day just sit at and feast with God's presence. You know what happened? I don't really know how the story ended, but we never hear that Mary actually got up and helped Martha. All we know is Jesus said, Martha, you're worried? Mary's chosen the right thing. You know, maybe Martha went into the kitchen and she took the macaroni and cheese and maybe she threw it down the garbage disposal and said he can starve. But I don't think that's what she did. Now that's what some of us would have done. Fine, you can sit over there on your lazy behind, your little lazy keister and starve yourself. I ain't feeding you, you lazy bum. No, that's not what I think Martha did. I think Martha heard the message loud and clear. She walked right back in that kitchen. She went and finished what she was doing. And she realized, I don't do this because for Mary, I'm doing this for Jesus. I cooked a meal for God's son to sit at my table. I am hosting the presence of God today in my house. Jesus could be anywhere he wants to be today, but today he's sitting at my table. I'm making macaroni and cheese today for God's son. I'm making sweet potato souffle for God's son. I'm making my sugar-baked ham for God's son. Not for Mary, for Jesus. I'm making it for Jesus today. And I believe she went and finished putting it all together, still sat at the table, spread out. A few minutes later, walked in the room and says, Guys, dinner's ready. What changed? Because Martha realized while Mary might have needed to be at the feet of Jesus being a worshiper, we need a lot of worshipers. I'm all about everybody should be a worshiper. But you can't all, you can't just all have worshipers. Sometimes you got to have workers. Because worship ain't going to clean the church. Worship will be still sitting at home listening to my music in my recliner. you got to have somebody who will work for the Lord. They can worship and work. They can be both. But sometimes you got to have workers too to make it happen. And I believe Martha put all that together and she started to realize... I'm not doing this for others. I'm doing this for Jesus. I can do all things through Christ's name, but the Bible says very clearly, in whatsoever you do, in word or deed, no matter what, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto man. Martha walked back in there. The ham looked different than it did when she was in there five minutes ago. Because this wasn't about feeding. This was about serving Jesus. Serving the Son of God. So here's my question to us today. No matter what you bring to the table, and hopefully 
every week you come to church bringing your best to the Lord, your best praise, your best worship, your best songs. But here's my challenge to us today. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Well, Lord, Sister Jennifer's doing this, and Sister Shannon's doing that, Sister Brenda's doing... No, no, no. Your mindset should be this when you walk into these doors. I don't care if Sister Sherry's got laryngitis. I'll sing. I may not be on stage, but I'm going to sing. I don't care if pastor fell off his rocker and he don't even know what he's talking about. And I go home, I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to get something from the Lord even if he didn't give me anything from the Lord. Because I didn't go to church to hear the preacher. I didn't go to church to hear them sing. I didn't go to church to listen to a good band. I went to church because I was going to serve Jesus. I came to church. You see, I, I think it would change the whole perspective of church if people came in with their proverbial plates. And I know I'm talking about God's word, but we walked in the door and we said, all right, I come to serve Jesus today. God, I'm going to give you my best ham. I'm going to give you my best turkey and dress. I'm going to give you my best cornbread dress. I'm going to give you my best casserole. I'm going to give you my best dessert. God, I'm going to give you my best today because I don't care. It's not about everybody else. It's about you. So, God, I'm going to give you my best today. I'm going to give you my best praise, my best worship, my best singing, my best prayer, my whatever. God, I'm, I'm going to give you my best today. And hopefully everybody else will do the same thing, God. So when we leave church, we'll all have went to the buffet table of God's word. And we'll have went to the buffet table of God's presence. And we'll be like Mary. We'll have spent some time sitting at the feet of Jesus. But when we leave out here to go to Gilligan's or Little Pappy's or wherever you go to lunch today or even at your house, wherever you head, when it's all said and done, you'll be able to be like, but boy, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. And boy, did we not have church today because we went into church. But man, I don't know what I'm going to eat for lunch. But I know I got fed when I went to church this morning. Oh, I got something from God today. Because we were at his table of provision. Every week, I hope that's your, your prayer. I hope that's what you do. You bring your best to the Lord. You bring what you can bring. I bring what I can bring. We all bring our talents together. And we say, it's not about him, her, me, I, it. It's about today I'm serving Jesus I sing for Jesus I play for Jesus I clean for Jesus I teach a Sunday school class for Jesus I pray to Jesus I lead the nursery for Jesus I help with the kids in the back for Jesus I teach young people in the back for Jesus I preach for Jesus I pick up paper in the parking lot I pick up uh, you know, trash in the backyard for Jesus I'll clean up after an event for Jesus I serve when Martha got that perspective, she went in, she finished the meal. We never know what she said. We know she obviously didn't say anything else worth noting to Mary. Jesus kind of already put her in her place. See, most people just got offended. Sometimes we need to remember while there are some, you know, there are going to come times that maybe Andrew needs to be a worshiper that Sunday. He, he's, just, he's, he's just got a lot on his plate. So he doesn't really have the time to focus on being a table provider and setting the table maybe that Sunday Andrew just needs to come and worship the Lord and just get a touch because he's got a lot on his plate Schoolwork's overloaded or he's got bad news come from the home uh, in Georgia or something's bad and he just needs to be in the presence of God well while he is that Sunday being a worshiper maybe that Sunday brother Randy and myself are feeling pretty good we've been with God that week so we can be the workers we can sing and we can pray for him and we can go over there and lay hands on him and we can encourage him and we can set the table so when Andrew walks in on Sunday morning, he doesn't have to worry about setting the table. He's just got to sit down and eat. The table's already been set. So here's my question to the body of Christ. 
this, this morning as you stand all over the house. How many people are willing to please set the table? I'm not talking about forks and knives and spoons. I'm talking about how many people are willing to let their lives be set up for a divine encounter for God's presence to be hosted. Literally, you can say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me and host the presence of God. How many people are willing to set their table for God in their lives? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to do this very quickly. And economically speaking, because I want you to be able to get out today and be able to eat with your family and your friends but here's my question it's two questions first and foremost I always ask this every time because I feel like it's very imperative to do so if there's one this morning that would say pastor I do not know the Lord Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior but I want to get I, or maybe I have known him at one point but I'm nowhere near near where I need to be with the Lord. And I need Him to come into my life again or I need to be saved so that I don't die lost. And I want to ask you to just wherever you are, no one looking around but God, myself, just slip your hand up. If you say, Pastor, I just need to make sure I'm right with God. I don't want to leave this place not knowing where I'm going. When I go from this place, I want to make it to heaven one day. I want to make sure I know where I'm going. Yes, I see that hand. Are there any others? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Here's my next question, and then we will segue to the time of benediction and subsequently dismissal. I want to know how many people would be willing to say this morning, Pastor, I know it's the Thanksgiving season, but I want to make sure my life has the table set to host the presence of God, to host, I just want God to be able to literally feel like He can come at any moment, any time, and make residency with me. I want to make sure I'm always ready for a move of God in my life. I just want to be a willing vessel. I want to make sure my table is prepared for His arrival. If you say that this morning, Pastor, I want to make sure that I am a host for the presence of God, that God's presence can be hosted inside of my life and to be an example to others so that I can share the goodness of God with them and give them the table of provision they may be needing, I'm willing to be one of those people that serve Jesus and work for the Lord. I want you to slip your hand up. No one looking around me. Just yes, 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 yes. Here's what I want us to do as very safely as possible. If you don't feel comfortable, then you don't have to. But I want you to grab the hand of the person beside you. If there's someone close by you feel comfortable grabbing, Depending on how you feel, I'd like for you to cross the aisles if possible. If you, if you, if you don't feel comfortable holding hands, that's fine. But if, try to, I don't want anybody to feel left out. So anybody, that if you need to find somebody, step to another aisle. Grab their hand if you feel comfortable. Don't be left alone. Here's how I want us to do. I want us to, we're going to pray for the person that's wanting to become a believer. They just have to simply say, Jesus, I'm lost and in need of a Savior. And I believe you did. But I want to pray for that. I want to pray for us to be hosts of God's presence. But I also want us to especially pray for all those special needs, Sister Barnes' brother, Brother Barnes' sister, and also him as well. But I want us to specifically pray together as a body that, God, your presence, we are setting the table for your atmosphere. Father, today we pray to you today. Let every heart, let every mind, let every body, soul, and spirit experience the power of Jesus Christ today. 
God, there's one who wants to give their life to Jesus Christ. So this morning, God, I'm asking you to touch them right now. Lord, let them admit they're a sinner and believe in their heart and confess what they've done wrong and, and know that when they say, I am in need of a Savior, please forgive me, that immediately they are given access to the portals of glory and they are given access to be able to be heirs and join heirs, a part of the family of God. Father, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl that has raised their hand today and said, Lord, I can be a host of your presence. I want to set the table. I want you to set the table in my life so that I can be a host of your glory, of your presence, and be a place that people can come and provide them with the answers and the necessities and nourishments of what they need. Lord, don't let us be people that, Lord, are dogmatic or, or trying to be pompous in our own understanding of things or try to be narcissistic and self-thinking and, and Lord, and, and be in an area where we uh, pontificate, Lord, what we want to do with our own, our own agendas. But, God, let us make sure your agenda is promoted. God, I pray for the special needs. Brother Barnes is in need of a special touch today in his body. I pray for him today. I pray for his sister, Lord, who is battling for her life. God, I pray for comfort and care for her and her family. God, I pray for Sister Barnes's brother, who likewise is, Lord, on the final stages of life. God, I know you're a healer. You're a great physician. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we can think or comprehend. Oh, Lord, I pray you would touch him today. You would let him feel the glory of God wrapping his arms around him today. Father, I pray, Lord, as we get ready to disembark from this place and go to and fro our destination. God, I pray your spirit would inhabit the praise of your people and make residency with us today. We will forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name today. And the people of God together said, Amen and Amen. I want to pray this over you today. This is, we do this every service. This is the Aaronic prayer of blessing because I believe if God blesses you and you do what God's called you to do then in return it will have a trickle down effect the church will be blessed the community will be blessed and then immediately following this we'll say our church benediction and proclamation before we are dismissed this, evening, this afternoon the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you. Oh, can we just declare it? So be it. Amen. our decree today. Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Before they pray the benedictory prayer, let me say to you today from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the love, the kind words, the accolades, the all the kind things you've said. For those of you that said nice gestures or said nice things about me, uh, I'll, I'll pay you later for all those things to make everyone think that I'm a pretty pretty cool person. Um, I was getting a little nervous uh, at first when they, Brother Randy told me he had four speakers. 
and they were gonna say some things. At first, I didn't know who they were. They got me a little nervous because I was thinking, man, what if these people? You pick people that don't like me. Like, how would that go? Like, it'd be a weird thing. And then this morning, I saw Andrew walk in. I was like, uh-oh. What if he asked him? Cause that could get me in trouble. Cause he knew me when I wasn't a preacher. So, I mean, I was saved. I also was the one that tried to run him over with a golf cart. I mean, a go kart and kill him. So, I mean, hey, there's things I've done in my past. I got a checkered past, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm I'm glad for all of the kind words, Sister Jeannie and Brother Sister Wyatt and Brother Randy. And I'm sure there are countless others he could have chosen. You'd have had nice things to say. And maybe next year uh, we'll select you to to do that. If you don't have anything nice to say, make it up. Make them think I'm cool. Be great. I appreciate that. Uh, but thank you, sincerely thank you. Um, it means a lot. But the mo- most important thing for me today that I could ever say to you is I just want Jesus to be uplifted. That's what I want. I mean, obviously we'll have service again tonight, and like we always do. But at the end of the day, doesn't matter how many gifts you get, doesn't matter how many cards you get, while they they speak volumes to your heart, nothing swells a pastor's head or his heart any more than knowing that the people of God were blessed, they were changed. They were challenged, and some maybe even convicted to the point that they came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when every Sunday or every other Sunday or a couple Sundays this year, people walk out the back door and shake my hand and say, Pastor, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. That's the best gift you'll ever give me. Because you know what that meant? That meant that's one more person the devil doesn't have. That makes that a sweet day because that's one more person not going to hell that day. That's what it's all about. I love you from the bottom of my heart, and I can't thank you enough uh, for all that you've done for me each and every day. Brother Randy, I'm going to so kindly ask you to pray our benedictory prayer. Immediately following, be friendly with one another and consider yourselves dismissed. We'd love to see you tonight at 6 p.m. God bless you.